My name's Jennifer Brozek. I am a full-time author, editor, and media tie-in writer. I have been doing this full-time for over 17 years. And this is my 24th anthology. My anthology work has been nominated for the Hugo, the Bram Stoker, and the British Fantasy Award. And I am Kat Rambo. I have written about 300 short stories now. I love short stories. This is the first episode of a series about the reinvented detective anthology, edited by Jennifer Brozick and Kat Rambo. The Reinvented Detective presents stories that complicate law and order, as well as the concept of criminals, detectives, punishment, and justice for all. It does this by showing how new technologies, the rise of sentient AIs, and changing social attitudes may affect what is not only acceptable, but expected within both the real world and digital communities, and everything in between. These stories reinvent detective and true crime tropes, recasting them for the 21st century, and above all, experimenting, astonishing, and entertaining. Some of the best writers in speculative fiction explore how rapid development will change the role of the traditional sleuth in many years to come. The editors of The Reinvented Detective are on the show. Award-winning authors Jennifer Brozick and Kat Rambo. Right. Hello. Hey. Hello. So, Kat, Jennifer, thank you for being on the show. It's an honor meeting you both. You've got an anthology, meaning somehow you convinced many authors to write a to a theme to make this book. So... Are you familiar with the term herding cats and highly intelligent and skilled cats? <laughs> Why did you do this to yourselves? And does it help to have people with the last name Rambo and Brozick, which according to my sources, both contain hero in their etymology? Well, I think the answer is yes, though I did do some a little bit more research on my last name. Actually, my father did. It's a derivative of Ambrosius, meaning hero or immortal or eternal flame. Brozek means, uh, Jennifer means light or fair. So my name patronomically means beautiful immortal, fair hero, light of eternal glory. Or if you look at toponomically, it means pretty chicken coop. (laughs) (laughs) But to answer your actual question, I think the answer is yes. Kat is very well known around the writer sphere. I mean, she was the science fiction and fantasy writer's association president for five years it was it or six I, I four four years as president and one year as vice president yes and uh, also this is my 24th anthology so i have somewhat wow. of a reputation of being very insistent on getting things done on time which is <laughs> true well 
And I wanted to point out, uh, this is not the first time Jen and I have herded cats together in that we did both work on the CIFWA board at the same time. So there was a certain amount of directing things. I will say, I think with collaborations, you always play to your strengths, but also to your weaknesses. And Jen and I work well together in that Jen is much more organized and much more on the ball and manages to keep me on the ball, which I appreciate. The cat is so much better at the PR and the Canva and doing all that stuff. Also, if someone is being particularly difficult, I send Cat in because she's the she's more of the cat. I'm more of the stick. I'm the tactful one. Yeah, she is the much more. I mean, I can do that if I have to, but. Why should I if my co-editor mm. is so much better at it than nice. me? Nice. It sounds like the anthology is in great hands. I mean, 24 anthologies. I don't know what the record is. I Do you know what the record is? I think officially it's Martin Greenberg. When Daw, I think it's something like 150, but Martin often had co-editors. And to be fair, the one that I did with him, he was literally having brain <laughs> surgery at the time, so I did the whole thing. So officially, I think it's Martin Greenberg, but I do not know. You might want to look at like John Helfer's. He's done so many. All right. Well, you're at least a ping on the radar, it sounds to me. So you're, you're well on your way. Now, so, you know, herding cats aside, did you use a complicated but technologically advanced ritual for choosing the anthology theme? And, and did author selection involve drinking noir whiskey? I'll, I'll let you go first on that, Jen, because I've got a follow-up. Okay, well, the, 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 the answer to that question, both of them, is no. I'm much, oh, more, of a vodka, I'm much more of a vodka drinker than, than a whiskey drinker, but, and I don't really even drink right now anyway. But the truth is, Kat and I trade themes back and forth. The first was Kat's. The second one, the, hers was the reinvented heart. Mine is the reinvented detective. The third will be Kat's again. And we discuss each theme but it's more to understand what the editor anthologist really wants and what they mean and what they're looking for. Cool. And I think we, what we're looking for with the reinvented series is each time some sort of overarching concept that our we know our writers are going to do something interesting with. And so the heart was was not just uh, romance, but relationships. There's some great mm-hmm. friendships and children and all sorts of different relationships in it. And then the reinvented detective is a way to talk about crime and punishment. And then the third one, uh, which I'm super stoked about, is the reinvented coin, which would be a money questions of money, questions of economics, which I think is just really kind of absolutely fascinating. Bargaining, what cons- yeah. is considered money? Can you trade your memories for goods and services? Yes, so many possibilities. Wow. Yeah. So we hope that Ark Manor will let us do the third book. So we'll see. Please buy the reinvented detective so we can. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty yeah. Please. I mean. Well, when you were talking about money, I was actually thinking more about scams and dark sides of that. Of, of <laughs> well, you know that author. There will be authors who think about oh, that. those authors. Well, <laughs> like, but that's why we have them. They have all these great ideas. Now, now, this the the theme in reinvented is interesting. How are your authors saying that? 
time and technology will change the definition of crime and punishment. I think it's absolutely, I mean, we see new things arising through new technology all the time. And so questions of crime in cyberspace, for one, questions of whether a crime against an artificial intelligence is a crime. If an artificial intelligence kills somebody, are they the murderer, you know, or is their programmer? Just like all sorts of possibilities there. Right. And I think all of our authors are touching on that in one way or another, mostly because as society changes and with technology and time, what is considered a crime and what is considered punishment changes. For example, AI art, death of artists and such like that. Some people consider it a crime, right, you know, right. the artists who are being stolen from, and many people consider it not a crime. I mean, the whole pandemic showed how important artists and writers and creators are to the well-being of all of us. And yet, at the same time, they want us to work for free. <laughs> they want us to just give away our stuff, you know. Yes. If the government would support us, sure. I would do I would be happy to to give away my stuff for free but I have a family I have a home I have many bills I cannot pay my bills on goodwill alone thus the, it really is all about the societal norms and what is considered a crime and and if you want to get a little bit more serious think about the uh, the poor woman who had a miscarriage in her bathroom in Idaho and was charged with a crime. Yeah. And yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. And fortunately, the whole case was thrown out, was told to be ridiculous, but it was a it was a litmus test case. Oh, interesting. Because yeah. society and technology and social mm. mores change. Yeah. Yeah. And not always for the better. Well, and they get more complicated by the fact that we live in multiple realities now we have sort of our our day-to-day existence then we've got sort of the world of the internet and then we've got all our different uh, existences sort of in different games or communities and stuff and it, it just what happens when when a crime is committed against your avatar and it's technically well it was just pixels but i mean there there's a very uh, you know, there's a lot of questions that you can think about when you're going in that direction. Uh, that's a resellable asset. I know people who uh, play games and resell their characters oh, yeah. for money. So, yeah, that's oh, yeah, that's a big thing in, in Pokemon Go. I love Pokemon Go. It's an augmented reality <laughs> game. But I also played in what was called Ingress, you know, the hipster older uncle by the same company, which was kind of capture the flag meets geocaching. Yeah. So you had to go virtual geocaching. Yes, but you had to go physically go to a place on the map to find a virtual thing and capture it. And then you could do different kinds of warfare. And there were two different factions against each other. And I wrote some stuff for them. I do a lot of media tie in. But it's like some people will create an account, build it up until a certain point, and then they will literally sell it. Yeah. And give Basically, give over the uh, the name and the password, and it doesn't matter where you are in the world. Yeah. Now, the that's against the rules, but but it's, it's like back with the days of EverQuest. There were people who started farming items in EverQuest. Right? They would get virtual items in EverQuest, and then they would sell them to other characters to the point where 
people were setting up like little factories of people doing this. They were there making was significant real money. money. They were making yeah. they were making a comparable to like a small country's gross national product. It was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. If you enjoy listening to Sci-Fi Thoughts, but find it difficult to remember to check the website for new shows, get this technology from the future. Install into your phone a podcast player. Using this, you can subscribe to our podcast feed. And next thing you know, you'll be cruising around in your car with your phone plugged in playing sci-fi thoughts or you'll be out there jogging or you'll be doing whatever you want to do and have your ears plugged into some cool science fiction programming you can find instructions on lancerkind.com We've got goodies in the show notes from Jennifer Brozik and Kat Rambo. Links back to their web pages and links to where you can find the reinvented detective. What are show notes? Show notes are things that shoot right into your podcast player for your easy tapping. If you don't use a podcast player, go back to the website where you downloaded this MP3 and there in that page, you will see the show notes. Next episode, more Jennifer Brozek and Kat Rambo. Yeah, I think, although my favorite non-human intelligence was the tiny Tyrannosaurus Rex from uh, Rosemary Clara Smith murder at the Westminster Dino Show because she's created this world in which they have they, these people have these tiny dinosaurs and not only this the dinosaur is smart in no sign language I, I think Sam Fleming's detective the, oh that's true we are all our, ourselves inside our skin which yeah. was uh, a transhumanist story yes where the detective was the dog. I, I, well, the thing I like about it is, is it's got that kind of weird retro communal living thing going for it too. So it's almost like hippies in the future, but then with artificial intelligence sort of as a member of the commune. Oh, wow. (laughs) And Terry Harris, I swear to God, climbed into my brain, figured out exactly what I wanted and gave it to me. I mean, it was, Perfect.